You determine okay. how much masturbating you do. You're ready to be premature wow, all impressive. over again. Yeah. Wow, that's that's quick, impressive. Quick, quick reset. Yeah. Quick reset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Like in gin balls. It's just going to be a vicious cycle. Who knew the job was pro bono? I was so high that um, I shit myself at some point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, get still here. Somebody, somebody, everybody mute. Goddamn, you're killing me. The joke's um, on you. It's actually addictive. There's nothing wrong with punching above your weight. The fuck you get better. Well, I don't know what's worse. You're a ginger or you've been vaccinated. You sit around and drink and solve the world's problems, right? Hey, let's go ahead and unwrap this present <laughs> so, uh, and let the I... debate begin. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of A Spirited Debate. New week, new topic. Unfortunately, unfortunately, we do not have 50% of our cadre two of our individuals are missing today so our hosts are gone uh the grinch and haas will not be joining us but that's okay i've got the mouth of the south big mac he plans to do a shit ton of talking for you today so i know you're looking forward to it i'm looking forward to it let's get this started mac how are you doing brother Look at that. That's the energy we're that. talking about. Right Somebody there. has got to bring the energy that Grinch has left out of the uh, That's right. When the you show don't this have, week. When you don't have 50% bitches. of I tell your you. show, you have to pick up the fucking, the extra. Um, Something or another. I lost, I lost it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're we moving have nobody on. here to reel us in. So, it's, you know, this is going to be a, a complete job. shit show. Just to go ahead and set the stage. It doesn't matter. I'm happy you're here, brother. That's all that counts. And I'm, I'm happy, happy that you're here. Th- thanks for joining me. Been a busy week. A lot going on. Uh, football started back, you know, obviously the, the guys not being here left you and I to our own devices to come up with a topic. Um, I think we landed on a good one. It'll be interesting to see how this one falls out, but obviously before we do that, let's get to our drinks. I'll go first so that I don't put you on the spot since there's only two of us. So I'm going to go first. So my drink today, you've done a bloody Mary. I've done a bourbon Mary. And so I decided to go in a different direction with that same thing. And I decided to do a bloody Maria. Does your Sounds- wife know about this? Yes. I, I said, hey, this is an honor of you. And uh, <laughs> she's like, get that out of my fucking face. So I did a Bloody Maria. So it's basically the Bloody Mary. I mean, it's Bloody Mary mix, uh, Tabasco sauce, Worcestershire sauce, horseradish sauce, uh, fresh squeezed lemon juice, fresh squeezed lime juice. And then I added tequila, the rocks, mm-hmm. Terramana tequila. I got my bottle of the Reposado because I'd had the Blanco. And so I'm trying the Reposado. And of course, very quickly just plowing through it, which is maybe not the healthiest of things to do, but it is actually quite good. So I made myself a Bloody Maria. I'm going to try it for the first time right here and see how it is. Now, I know you're going to be disappointed and I apologize. I did not make my own Bloody Mary mix. I had this bullshit. I know. I'm out. I know. You're, so it's just me today. Okay. Yep. Um, it's a bold and spicy. And so uh, nice. my concern is because I added like black pepper and Tabasco and horseradish on top of a bold and spicy Bloody Mary mix. I'm not sure how this one's going to be. Have but fun with that. Yeah, and I didn't do because it, it was like top it with fucking sweet peppers and jalapeno peppers and queso fresco. And I was like, I don't need the meal. I just want the drink. So I just did a lemon and a lime wedge, which it also called for. So it's very pretty. Just uh, presentation is a lot when you make a drink. So you, you won is. that. Smooth. <laughs> wow. Um, Got a hold, hold on a second. <laughs> and okay. this is starting a, off bad already. That's a, a little piece of pepper. spicy. Jesus Christ. <clears throat> I mean, you've, you've had a lot of, well, never mind. Mm. 
bad yeah. jokes are gonna go into the uh <laughs> no, no, by the no. wayside no no bad jokes we're all about bad jokes <laughs> yeah that's a little spicy uh it's gonna take some effort to get through this um maybe it was just maybe just the first maybe first it... swallow no no, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> wow okay so, that's gonna that's gonna be fun to get through bold Damn. and spicy clearly was not enough of a warning for you you decided uh, fuck this i'm adding more to it because they're a bunch of pussies jesus christ okay that's gonna be yeah i'll get through it i'm not it's not going to waste but uh, it actually tastes good it tastes really good it's just got that heat on the back end and the front end oh holy shit <laughs> that's a full-bodied flavor <laughs> so i am doing the incredibly spicy bloody maria that's what i'm doing so bloody mary but it's basically with just tequila and and that's my drink of choice today um say a small prayer for me that i get through this in one piece please all right mac what did you bring to the table um so i'm having an orgasm really <laughs> yeah did you, you, you want to know what that. drink i'm having yes please oh sorry i didn't realize that's what you're asking um i'm having an orgasm it is a supposed to be done as a shot as we've done a couple of those uh drinks you know or supposed shots um, but you know, we do nothing small around here. So I'm, I'm making it as a sipping drink. So you but it is, it. Uh, yes. Yeah. It is equal parts, amaretto, uh, Kahlua and coffee liqueur. Um, I use the Kirkland as opposed to uh, Bailey's coffee liqueur, um, pour them all together, shake them over ice and then strain them into just like, you know, a little, again, should be a shot glass. Um, you know, since I didn't do the original, you know, half ounce of everything, I poured them into a slightly bigger glass. Um, and I'm going to try it for the first time. Before uh, you start, it's equal parts. What again? Uh, amaretto. Okay. Kahlua and like Bailey's Irish cream. And it's um, called an orgasm. It is called an orgasm. That's weird. Cause Haas's version of that are equal parts of foreplay, butt play and cuddling. But that, I mean, that's his thing. That's clearly not your thing. I don't think they're equal parts, though. I don't think he does as much cuddling. Cuddling? I, mean, I don't know. I, I, you know, I can Four be play, wrong. I touch you. Let's get to the butt. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I don't think there's equal parts of anything there. That's right. I've winked at so, you. That's uh, our foreplay. That's Let's it. Let's go. Oh, oh, yeah. Look at that face, ladies and gentlemen. You can't see the, it. The O face. Is that is um, that the purpose of the drink? Is you pull a stupid face? Apparently so. That's <laughs> um, not bad. You know, I think... Much like when we did the other ones that were shots and we made them sippers, uh, it's it's awful sweet. So you know, it, it'll it'll be interesting to try and get all the way through it. But I don't think I'll have as much problem as you're going to have uh, getting uh, yeah. through your uh, Collins glass of the Bloody Maria. I mean, Bailey's, Kahlua, and Amaretto are so all sweet just by all nature. Sweet. Yeah, exactly. And so, nothing to cut it, right? That's it. No, that's it. Like okay. I said, you shake it over ice and then strain it into a into a glass. Um, but it's not play, on ice. No, it's not a one eye. I, I mean, okay. I guess you could put it on ice. I did not because the shot that's the obviously wouldn't. Yeah, wouldn't yeah how would you get a piece of ice on a shot glass? It's a little difficult, and then try Easy. to shoot the ice. I Tiny mean, little cube. You know, <laughs> I, I know you can swallow things, but the rest of us have a little more trouble with the gag reflex. So. You don't. You don't seem to be struggling right there, ladies and gentlemen. If you could see this, you'd be disgusted. <laughs> um, so. Yes, Look, off to a phenomenal start. That's how we are. Hoss, Grinch, when you guys listen back to it, it's your fucking fault. That's right. You should have been here. <laughs> exactly. Uh, if you can't contribute, you're just stuck with the end product. That's how it works. That's it. So sorry about you. Obviously, Mac, thanks for being here. Cheers to you. Yeah, cheers. Happy uh, to be here with you. Cheers to the do, to the two gentlemen that aren't here. I'm sorry. They're pour not a little here. bit out. I, we, we would pour a little bit out for them, but that's wasteful. So we're that, not going to do is, that. That is. As Haas would say, I am pouring it out. 
down my gullet. That's it. Problem solved. I'll pour it out later for you. So yeah, no, I'm looking forward to this topic. I know this will be a good one just for you and I, because I don't think the other two are as much into uh, what we're going to talk about today, but um, I'll let you go ahead and introduce that if you'd like to. Yeah, it's interesting because when we started talking about this topic, for me, it was just kind of innocuous in terms of something that I thought you and I could debate for an hour or, or talk. It doesn't have to necessarily be debate. But then the more I thought about it, the more I was like, I wonder if there is a debate here. I wonder if a, a debate does exist. And I, I'll, I'll find that out as I pose some of my questions to you or pose my opinions about certain things just to get your response. But uh, let's waste no time. Jumping into the topic, uh, the topic for this week we thought might be an interesting one. And please don't judge us because I know Mac has already come out of the gate saying this is something that he and I are more invested in than the other, the other two individuals. And that, that's an assumption we're making. I think you would agree. We, we don't know for sure. Well, I guess we'll find out when they yeah, listen back yeah, to us. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, we would have to have a part two. That's possible. That's possible. The topic, though, of this week is reality shows. And I think when this started, for our listeners at home, Mac and I are currently invested in a specific reality show. And I didn't want this hour, hour plus, whatever it is, to be focused just on that show. So while we will talk about that reality show, I I did want to kind of dive into what reality shows are, kind of where they started. What are some major players in the reality show genre historically, you know, in terms of what have been around. But more importantly, when I started to think about it, I wanted to talk about what is a reality show? And what constitutes a reality show and are what some people think of reality shows. Cause I think I have a very specific idea of what a reality show is and should be. And I don't think, cause I started Googling like reality shows and it was, this is, and this is, and this is, and, and I was like, I don't agree with that. And I, and this, I'm curious to get your take on in terms of like what you think of as a reality show. But before we do that, obviously this topic is about reality shows. Little history. I Googled and found out that the first, do you know what the first reality show historically is? Historically, no, but I do believe it goes back to like the 1950s. Um, I did see that, but I could be wrong on that. Um, and I feel like I am wrong based on your look there on your face. So go um, ahead. Well, actually, the, the technically the first reality show on record was actually a radio show and you were close and it was called, I'm sure you know the show Candid Camera. Do you remember that? Show? Yeah, yeah. 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 And it was called. I did not realize that was a radio show though at first. I, it wasn't. It was called the Candid Microphone initially. Well, and that's just be, fucking retarded. Sorry, and you said in my the, language, but I know, you know, I know. how does that work? <laughs> I don't know. But obviously because radio was obviously the medium of the day, TV hadn't right. been released in, in wide use. But and, and once it was released, they changed Candid Microphone. They just replaced the microphones with cameras and it became Candid Camera. But that was in 1947. So you okay. were close. You said the 1950s, 1947. But that was kind of the first historically reality-based uh, series, which I thought was interesting. And but but nowhere near what you would you know again when you think of reality TV today, right? Modern. Um, that would not be you know clearly it is. I mean it's it's reality TV. It's people in real world situations. It's probably more reality th- than what you would consider today to be a reality TV show. I would imagine. Uh, I in and some we'll ways get to I that. I'm agree. sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In some ways, I would agree with that, and I think that's part of what started me going. Well, what is the reality show? And and a lot of things that fall into that genre are they truly reality shows? In terms of, in terms of, I guess, my approach to reality and what I think, and everybody's going to have a different opinion, 
but that was the first one. So historically it was Candid Microphone, which became Candid Camera. And then if you fast forward now, we're going to jump into our generation because obviously that's what's going to be relevant to us. My first, what's the word? Kind of foray or experience with reality TV. My first experience with reality TV would have been in 1992. I was a huge, I mean, I was a kid of the eighties, early nineties, obviously MTV generation was the real world on MTV, MTV, New York city. Pretty much ruined MTV at the point, at that point, because from that point on, there were no more music videos on MTV. MTV, right. That's when they started this downhill spiral. Well, now they've got 47 channels. Yeah. The first one, I think you said it was in New York, New York city. Yeah. And it is the second longest running reality show mm-hmm. going. Can you tell me what the first is? Survivor. No, that's no. actually older or younger. Okay. That started in 2000. Well, I know it started later, but I didn't know if it had been running longer. No. Um, Time wise, as far as, you know. They made a movie with Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. Oh. Cops. And that cops. There you go. The theme song, Bad Boys. Yep. Uh, that is actually 32 years old. That's the longest running reality based TV show in, in the modern era of reality right. shows. But, it, but again, that brings back to the question of, you know, very, very different uh, formats in terms of the television show, right? I yes. mean, you know, you have kind of staged filming when you're talking about real world New York and, and, and any of the real world. Uh, series after that whereas with say cops you know that that might actually be more reality right I mean that that is somebody riding along with the police and you would like to think there's nothing scripted there Um, you know we all know that there possibly is but you know I, I would think that would be more of what you would consider reality tv than say you know eight people living in a loft in New York City because look that might be somebody's reality. It's not mine. Sure shit isn't yours. <laughs> right. I, but if you haven't seen real world Paramount plus, and this is not a plug for Paramount plus, obviously, but Paramount plus has the episodes of real world. Right. But if they so, want us to plug them, plug we, them we will absolutely shamelessly happy to take their money. Paramount plus. Um, but yeah. So if you go on Paramount plus, you can watch old episodes of the real world. And I, it was interesting. I went back and I watched the first few episodes and I was like, why was I into this? Like at, at that time, being in high school myself, and these people were just fresh out of high school, late teens, like 1920 or early 20s. And it was eight individuals, Mac, as you said, that were kind of plucked from wherever they were from and stuck in this really nice loft in downtown New York City. And the approach to the show was, let's see how these eight people from completely different backgrounds, completely different walks of life interact with each other when they're forced to live together. I think that's even the kind of the motto of the show. When people start living together, like stop acting nice or whatever. What Uh, happens when people stop acting nice and be real or something, something very long, very much along those lines. Yes. And it was interesting to watch it, not really kind of having this idea of what reality TV was, but going, Oh my God, these all these people from different walks of life crammed in and you watch this dichotomy and how they interact and how they learn about each other and their backgrounds and obviously the fights and the drama that occur and how they get along. But to me, that was, that was them being taken out of their comfort zone and stuck in a, in a situation. Now it wasn't like modern TV reality shows where people are stuck in a super nice mansion and all they do is sit around and drink and swim and suntan those people still had day jobs. Yeah, they still had jobs they had to go to. And right. I mean, you know, 
so at least in that regard, it wasn't, you know, for, for two months or three, I think it was three months. The show was aired for each se segment um, for three months. They actually had to go out and live their lives, but they just came home to the same loft with those people. Right. And had to deal with each other. Nowadays you see, it's just, it's people, like I said, stuck in a high end mansion and all they're doing is eating and drinking and suntanning all day. It's like, whose reality is that? Yeah. It's, it's sure as fuck is mine. Clearly not mine. Right. Maybe, maybe, but maybe that's the appeal to it, right? Is, you know, I, I can go and be part of that and get basically a vacation, right? You know, and potentially, you know, win, win some money. And, and again, to me, you know, some of those, you know, when we, you know, you're talking about like the Big Brothers, I think, um, the Love Island series. Uh, Survivor. Some of those, I mean, Survivor. Survivor where they're, where they're in, actually, in they're, they're more of reality competition than they are reality TV, right? Because right. ultimately, it's a competition. It's it's there to you know to find love or to win a big prize at the end or potentially both. Um, so you know, and you mentioned Survivor. To me, I, a Survivor is not really what I would guess. I would consider it more reality con contest than TV. Um, because again, it's it's just you know people that are put on an island. And then they're run through all these different scenarios to see who can, you know, who can win at different challenges and stuff and get right. not get voted off the island. Right. I, I don't see that, you know, more, so much as reality TV or what I would want to consider reality TV. Um, okay. And then, like I said, just a contest. And see, that's, that's, I think the point I, I started thinking about, and that's why I'm glad you said that. I'm curious about your opinion and approach to reality TV, because yes, to me, those are what they have, called reality competitions and that is actually a subset of reality tv but that's not reality tv and right. and and that to me was the interesting part about it is it's like you're claiming reality tv but i and i saw a list and it was like the great british baking show or top chef or you know what all, all these cooking shows and i'm like cooking shows aren't reality tv that's you being placed in, a, in, a, in an environment for a very short, finite amount of time to bake a cake or to make a burger. You know what I'm saying? Like to me, it's potentially, I guess you could call it unscripted TV, right? Okay. It's, it's not, I, I wouldn't say it's reality TV, like you said, but it's, and I use the term unscripted very loosely because there is some, you know, some format to the show, but there are things that could potentially go wrong that, that you know, aren't taken into account. Whereas, you know, you start looking at, you know, any of the scripted television, which are your sitcoms, your dramas, you know, all that stuff. I mean, there, there, there's a script written for them, you know, right. A to B or A to Z. This is, this is how the whole thing's going to go. You know, you look at some of those shows like, you know, the great bake off or celebrity chef or any of that stuff. There, there's a general format there, but there are things that can go wrong um, in the, in the context of the show. So it, it is not truly scripted television from that standpoint, but it's not, like you said, it's really not reality TV. No. And, and that was the thing where I started to think about, because it's like reality TV, television programming in which real people are continuously filmed and designed for entertainment rather than to be informative. I think that's just a natural. Yes, absolutely. But part of it was also that I saw was it's like you're taking ordinary people and putting them in real life situations. Like that's part of like cops. Right. Those are real cops dealing with what they would go through in a normal base, which you would assume are real situations where you have people just filming their interaction right. with, you know, now one of the biggest ones, which I used to be a huge fan of in the early two thousands, cause I didn't really think of it as reality TV, 
because for me, I guess reality TV was your survivors, your big brothers. It was the competition was deadliest catch because that was discovery channels, big one where they followed the crab fishermen right. in Alaska, which is, was a really good show, uh, but it wasn't but a competition. It, it was just following what those day-to-day -day lives were like in that extreme environment, doing a very specific job that only a handful of people do. But, but here's my question on that, right? Okay. Is it really reality? Because, and the reason I ask that question, right? I mean, you have cameras on board, you have people interacting with them. Um, you know, I, I mean, this has always been the, the stigma and or question about reality TV is, you know, are some of those scenarios set up? Right. You know, do they kind of put them in positions, you know, hmm. obviously not to, you know, not to get injured because I, that, that is, you know, a very dangerous job, but, you know, do they put them in, you know, positions where, you know, they kind of create make believe drama, not really make believe, but, you know, not, not real drama. You're, th you're, you're asking is, is it, are there certain aspects of it devised by the producers to create certain situations it, they know that will lead to drama, which makes it more enticing for viewers? A, a little bit of that, right? And then, of course, it's also edited to a certain way to make things look a certain way as well, right? We, we've Absolutely. seen that before on all of the reality, you know, competitions yeah. and TV shows. Um, you know, it's it's edited to make you you know, feel empathy for this person or, or to, you know, not like this person, even though, you know, they may be the nicest person in the world. Right. And, and I think that some of the stuff I was looking at, like people that have been on these shows have then come out after the fact. And that's what they've said. It's like, I got out and I was treated like shit by people. Cause I was portrayed as this individual. And I'm like, I'm totally right. not that individual. And you try to explain it to them, but all they know of you is what they're seeing spliced and edited from the production company. It's like, that's not who I am. I'm not right. that person. And, and you look at, you know, and, and again, you know, we'll, we'll mention, you know, because this is kind of what, what we've been watching, you know, thanks to Mrs. Don't Thor. say it. No, just kidding. <sighs> Love Island, right? Love I Island. Mean, Ex you know, exclusively us, Love Island UK. UK. Uh, others on this call have uh, delved into, you know, the Australian version and the US version because, you know. I don't judge you, brother. I don't judge they you. They have no life. Um, That's right. I don't, I don't judge. <laughs> but, you know, you stop and think about it. They're in there for what? Six to eight weeks, depending Six on the season. Six to eight season. weeks. Yep. So you're seeing an hour long episode or, you know, maybe two hours a week. So clearly they're, they're dropping a lot of footage. So you're not seeing the, the true day-to-day -day interactions. Right. You're seeing what the editor's and producers want you to see to make everything look a certain way. Absolutely. Um, and it would be interesting to see, um, you know, and, and maybe they've done this and I, I don't know, put, put eight people in a villa or in a, you know, in a condo or whatever, hook up cameras, you know, I mean, there's cameras everywhere now. Right. And just put it on, you know, the internet and you just, you sit there and you watch, you know, you become you you that would be truly reality tv i think you know where you just watch them it, it's almost voyeuristic right and then what was that the uh the truman show i think with jim carrey and they also uh, kind of did the same thing yeah they also did uh i think it was ed tv with matthew McConaughey. Ed tv with yep. yeah with with Another Maddie version of that. all right all right all right all right um, um so uh, man. Have you ever uh, seen a reality tv show no be a lot cooler if you did, did. yeah <laughs> 
Um, so I, I have a question for you, um, and, and uh, okay. I, I didn't think about this uh, until we started kind of researching the the topic for today. Something that kind of occurred, you know, in our formative years back in the '90s. Uh, I don't. I think I want to say it was '91 or '92, maybe. Okay. Um, don't hold me to that, but it was a big deal. It was all over the TV, and, and you know, according to a couple of websites, is actually considered probably true reality TV, and that would be the O.J. Simpson trial. Yes. You wouldn't necessarily think of that, you know, when you think, again, when you think of reality TV, you think of these kind of unscripted, you know, where you put people in specific situations, but that would kind of be real reality TV, right? I mean, they're, they're kind of following, you know, I mean, obviously there was the high-speed chase that, you know, all the media and everybody followed and covered, and then the subsequent trial that, you know, all the stations, you know, interrupted all their programming to pretty much air that almost, you know, 24 seven, or at least as long as the, you know, the court was open. So, you know, to me, would I guess the question is, would you consider that to be maybe a real form of reality TV? Truthfully? Yes. I mean, it's like right. cops. I mean, because right. our assumption is when you watched cops, they were real cops in real life situations, dealing with real life criminals. I would say that is the exact same thing. And of course it was weird because at the time it's like the LA riots. I mean, because at the time, like everything was filmed, you were seeing everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, same thing with the OJ trials, you know, it was not, not 24 seven, but it, it almost felt like 24 seven because it was everywhere at the time. So yeah, I would absolutely say that is, I mean, I guess from, Go ahead, sir. I was going to say the the war in Iraq in 91. Same thing. I mean, that was for us, our generation. That was the first war televised on TV. Every night you could sit at home and you could watch the bombing of Baghdad. Right, right. And, and that's why, you know, we, we get along so well because that's exactly where I was going, right? And you, and you beat me to it. But you're right. I mean, that, that was, you know, I, I mean, you know, that to me would be more reality TV than anything else, right? And I mean, I hate to, I hate, 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 to use the word reality TV in reference to any sort of a war or anything like that, because it's right. just, you know, that that's not what you want to say, but it, it kind of is. And it was the reality of the situation. Right. Right. I mean, that's what was going on. And, and it, you know, like you said, I think that was shortly after kind of, you know, CNN, you know, pretty much had gone 24 seven, you know, so you had those news channels that, you know, <clears throat> wasn't like you were just watching the, the evening news and getting all your information in, you know, 30 minutes. Right. I mean, you tuned in nine o'clock at night, like you said, you, you were watching, you know, people reporting from hotels in Baghdad as the bombs were going off. So by uh, your justification, news is reality TV and reality TV is a farce. Um, you know, I haven't really thought about that, so I don't want you to put me on the spot, but I, I don't know that I could argue, argue with that right now. Right. I mean, that yeah. you know, one we haven't talked about and, and I won't say one, but in terms of the types of shows music competitions america's got talent or voice american idol whatever you know like those those aren't realistic in terms of their approach nobody nobody comes up in the music industry or tries to break into the music industry in that way you know that's not they didn't now i think they do right i mean i think because now there's a a platform right i think that's a platform for people to get in to the music industry without having to struggle like you know people did in the past right but I mean, I don't you, want to say they're not struggling. I mean, but it, it provides you um, with, with a platform to get to that point 
that, you know, you didn't necessarily have to be in LA or New York or Nashville, you know, any of the big cities where you would consider, you know, music, I, I guess, kind of centers of music, you know, you could be anywhere. Um, and, and a lot of that comes back to the internet and YouTube, right? I mean, right. the ability to, to get out there and get your, get your music listened to. And I'm, I don't want to confuse the situation and say that it isn't great that those people that wouldn't normally have access to be able to do it were now given a platform and access to do it. I'm saying by calling it reality TV, it's not because it's not realistic. It, well, everything is produced in terms of you're now put in this very specific environment and you're giving very specific criteria. It isn't you getting a van and loading all your shit in it and driving from shithole town to shithole town right. and, and playing in a dive bar for beer money, trying to up, you know, get yourself noticed. I'm not well, disputing the platform they're giving people. I think it's great. I'm just saying I'm not calling. I, I don't think I can call it reality TV. Well, no, I don't think it is reality TV. Right. I mean, again, it would be maybe unscripted television, but you know, to your point and, and you know, American Idol was was heavily criticized for this. It was certainly in you know the early stages of, of every season. I mean, they they pretty much you know only showed the bad people. You know that, that didn't make it. I mean, it was almost you know like you know making fun of them. Um, and, and they saved some of the the other people. Uh, you know, for for later on you know, the, the people that were making it through to, you know, making it through the to Hollywood competition or whatever. Right, right. right. They were using the, the people that just showed up, you know, and, and were wanting to try and get famous. And yeah. they did, right? I mean, what was it? William Hung was like, the, you know, probably the most famous person, you know, she bang, right? You got your I mean, people, minutes look, of fame. People still remember that, right? So Absolutely. And that's not so, to say again, that there that weren't people people that showed up that people like, who's this fucking person? And then they blew them away. Like, I right. get that that occurred. Absolutely. Right. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that's an indication of where they they kind of edited and produced it to be a certain way. So, right. I, you know, from that standpoint, to me, that no longer is reality. And it's interesting because we've had two guests on the show that came up in American Idol and, and they could they could sit here and tell us you both are talking out your ass. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And they'd be and absolutely I would love to, right. I would love to have them on and, yeah. and maybe discuss, you know, maybe maybe we should have waited and tabled this com conversation no. for when we had them on. No, hush you. Uh -huh. Um but yeah, yeah but, I mean, you're right. They could absolutely be like, you know, nah, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Right. And we would then immediately mute them, boot them from the uh and the never Zoom talk call to them again. And never talk to them again. No, it is, <laughs> it is it's conjecture on our part. I mean, I, I do think I assume. Things. Well, no, it's right. clearly it's clearly edited, in my opinion. I, I mean in terms a certain of certain way, but right. How much production is pulling the strings in the background to foster certain storylines and things like that. Like we don't know. And it is conjecture. One of the things I did read was on, I don't watch it. I've never watched it. The bachelor and bachelorette. I know you're a huge that fan. And I don't means judge. You, when you say you haven't watched it, that means you've watched it. Just so you know, oh, is that what that means? Thou dost protest I, too much. I've never seen porn. <laughs> <laughs> That's bullshit. No, I, I was reading the thing about bachelor and bachelorette. They said the, when whittling down who their contestants would be, the production company, they were so meticulous they could almost tell you who would be in the top three. Oh, they, yeah. They did it that way so that they could manage the situation from the get-go. They The research that went into just picking the contestants before a day of filming ever started. And it's like, 
then that's not re reality. That's not realistic. You're, you're managing the situation from the get-go and leading Fuck. the audience. And, and I get it, but then just don't call it reality TV. Call and it that's something it, right? else. You, you and I have had this discussion again, you know, and we'll come back to Love Island. Um, I'm sure it's very similar to The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, any of those, you know, what you would consider love or dating competitions. It's, you know, six guys, chiseled bodies, six packs, I mean, again, you know, where's the fact people. Kid? Yeah. Why am I not in there? Right. Bring me in there. Right. And then let's call it reality. TV. Represent me. Okay. Yeah. Represent the, and again, look, you know, there are people out there. I know. Don't get me wrong. My, my not having a six pack's my own fault. I get that. You have, um, you have six pack. It's in the fridge. Don't you fucking exactly. lie. Well, it's a five pack now. It's yeah, five, five. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, you're, you're not representing a good cross section, I guess, is the way I'm looking at it, right? You're, you're only pulling in one specific kind of group of people. So how is that reality again, right? You know, there's so many things wrong with using the term, you know, and again, I don't fault these, you know, these shows. I mean, you know, like you said, we watch them, um, or at least we watched, you know, the Love Island series. It's, it's the train wreck that you kind of can't look away from to some extent. And, and for nothing else to me, it's, it's 45 minutes of mindless entertainment that I don't have to think about, right? You check out, you're not thinking about anything else that's going on. And so from that standpoint, I think it's good, right? You know, there's no, nothing that you're going to, you know, start crying over, hopefully. I mean, I, I know you probably do when, you know, somebody gets booted off the island. Um, there have been some you, emotional moments. Absolutely. Um, that's um, so look, I'm going to tell you, you haven't seen it. Love Island, Australia. There's a cat on Love Island, Australia. He, he they bring cats on. Nice. Yeah, yeah. This guy, surprisingly enough, when you see him, you're gonna be like, this guy's got to be a fucking asshole. He just has this his appearance, and it was totally judgmental. <laughs> I mean, my wife and I both like, mm. right. and absolutely the most stand up guy on the show. And when he got booted off, I was like, fuck, because it's like <laughs> you felt bad. Yeah, like, you and, and it, you almost become a part of their journey, I guess. Yes. And that's kind of what, I mean, that's, that's what they're going for. Right. Like he knew it was coming down to this. And I, again, if you spoiler alert, if you have, haven't seen it, I'm sorry. Which um, I haven't. Thank you he, very much. He does get voted off near the end, but I felt bad for the guy. Cause the girl that's got to vote him off, he knows he's going and she's all crying and he walks over to her and he's like, it's okay. Just make the decision. Like, right we know it's what you're doing. I'm okay with it. You need to be okay with it. Like super stand-up guy. And I felt bad when he got voted off. Now, what I don't See, feel bad re about reality would be, uh, you're not voting my ass off, bitch. You're right. going whatever. I'm staying in the free villa. <laughs> now the reality of the situation is he got off. He went home. He jacked up his Instagram followers uh, by 300, that, but okay. <laughs> yeah, by 300,000 followers. And suddenly he's making money. You know what I'm saying? And, so, and and that right there touches on something else that I think is very important to to talk about when you talk about certainly in today's you know society and and age is a lot of this is a platform for these people to promote their brand yes or, or kind of create and promote their you know promote their brand because they go in there they're not really anybody and they come out and the next thing you know they're opening restaurants you know. They're, they're involved in horse racing, they're making appearances. They, they've gone from, you know, 20 Instagram followers, you know, hundreds of thousands of Instagram followers. So they, they kind of become 
I almost want to say that, I mean, they're not influencers. That's not really the right term for it, but they, they become internet celebrities or, you know, Instagram celebrities. Well, and again, you'll watch some of these. And, and again, we're speaking, or I am to love Island is they'll come in and I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a bartender. That's what I'm doing when I came in. And then right. when they get out, they're like, Oh, what's your job now? I'm a social media influencer, not bartending. No, no, that doesn't happen anymore because I have 500,000 followers. I don't need to. I go click people post pay a picture, me right? To post pictures of you know their liquor. It's Which, like, again, anybody listening, we're happy to sell our souls. If you want to pay us to, to promote your liquor, we will do it. That's right, without a doubt. We are shameless. We will, but even absolutely getting, do it, even getting sucked into the Love Island fucking train wreck <laughs> season one. I was a huge fan of Jonathan and Hannah. And this means nothing to anybody that hasn't seen it. But if you hadn't seen it, you can go out and oh, find go it. Watch it. It's, it's go interesting. Watch it. And it's interesting to see. And I'll let you get back to it. But you bring up, you know, season one. You can see kind of the production value too, right? There, there wasn't a whole lot of investment in season one, right? And they brought in, I don't want to say, I would say more rea- realistic people in season so. one. Right. Um, but, but go more ahead. More of your day-to-day da- down-to-earth folks yeah not not, not people chiseled... looking to become internet well i don't know what's his name was pretty uh the okay. hulk yeah yeah the pretty hulk damn was a big motherfucker um, everybody now has to go watch season one if nothing else of love island just so you know what we're talking about go ahead Sam. right but the frustrating thing for me is i watched all of season one and i was super gung-ho i was like jonathan and hannah they coupled up and and the premise of love island for those of you who don't know is they bring in six guys and six girls or five guys and five girls i believe is what it is that are total strangers and the purpose is for six to eight weeks, depending on the season, they're supposed to find love and they're supposed to couple up. They're supposed to, you know, try to find a committed relationship to be in. They share everything. They sleep together in the same bed. And, and, and so it forces them into this situation to see if they're compatible, if there's chemistry. So that's the premise of the show. And if there's a winning couple, the winning couple at the end wins 50,000 pounds, English pounds, which comes out to whatever in U.S. dollars, 60,000 U.S. dollars. Well, that they can split with their partner if, if they choose to. But the interesting thing is they, they pose it this way. Total strangers shoved into this high-end villa. And Mac, as you said, season one maybe wasn't so high-end. But by the time they got to season six. Right. It's still, they're sitting around drinking. Well, I shouldn't say drinking. They have a few drinks. Eating, um, have a few drinks. But, but, yeah, they're sitting around the pool suntanning all day, right? Again, they're not allowed to leave. Not no my TVs. Reality. No TV, no no internet no content right. i mean i think they they're given phones to use but only inside of the, the villa, villa. Right. so they have no communication with the outside world right don't have any idea what's going on but they, they talk about how oh these people don't know each other whatever then you get to the end of season one and you find out hannah and jonathan who were an incredibly strong couple knew each other on the outside and it's like it'd been on like a date i think even yeah before, they had right? gone out before it's like well but you posed it like you didn't know nobody knew each other but that was bullshit but then you also look back to the fact that you know and this has happened in several of the seasons but in season one they brought in i think it was one of jonathan's ex-girlfriends right right you know who at the time claimed specifically i don't want any issues stir up trouble so right. again that's why i say it, it, it's not reality because you're you're having the producers and stuff inject things to force purposely drama. cause issues right and look i get it right it's ratings you know it's tv ratings they want to be the top you know number one show so how do you do that you get people to watch why do people watch because it's a train wreck 
Right. And they just finished yeah. their seventh season. So clearly they're doing something right. Right. Well, that and this is, I think this is the second reincarnation of right. Love Island UK, right? There was one before this. 2004, 2005. I think it was two or yeah. three years they tried it and then it just petered out. And then right. it came back in 2015. They just wrapped up been, their seventh season. Yeah. And that has now spawned Love Island Australia and Love Island UK, uh, USA. US. Um, but you stop and look at, you know, I mean, you think it's against, you know, we don't necessarily consider them reality because they're more, I'd say competition based. You look at like the amazing race uh, survivor, some of those shows. I mean, they've gone for, you know, 10, 11, 12 seasons uh, survivor, you know? I think is on 19. Okay. So I was off by a few seasons. Uh, let's see. I can um, tell you uh, survivor a, 21 years format that, you know, is easy to just, you know, just drop in six new people, right? right I mean, right. you don't have to tweak the format. <laughs> no, once you've created the format, yeah, you just repeat, rinse and repeat. Yeah, maybe maybe we put them on a different island this year. Right. And that's it. That's the only thing we changed. And that was the thing about Love Island is they were, it was actually filmed as Love Island UK, but they film it off the coast of Spain in Mallorca. And that's where it was until they eventually moved season six to South, South Africa. Yes, season six was season in South Africa there as well. If I'm not mistaken, uh, I, yet, but... I think they went back to Mallorca. I haven't oh, watched it they? either, but I think okay. they went back. So I mean, yeah, you're in the. I mean, they've moved villas on the island, but you're in the same place. So your production team's already there, and right. you're just relocating. Um, now Survivor may be a little different because they're jumping from islands to islands to islands every season. It's supposedly a new place, but how the fuck would I know? <laughs> like you could film it on the same reality. Yeah. Right, you you could film it on the same set of islands in the Caribbean, just on different parts of the island every season. And I'd never know. Not not only that, I mean, they very well could just be filming it on the same sound set they filmed the moon landing. So exactly. problem solved. Right, because we know that didn't happen. But yeah, I just started thinking about this idea of reality TV, and I went, "What? What I thought was reality TV ain't reality TV. It's not right. It's it's again. I think, and it's it, you start using almost legalese and stuff." where, you know, you're, you're trying to interchange words, you know, you start saying, okay, well, this is reality TV. No, it's really more scripted um, or unscripted TV, right? It's because it's not really reality, but there is no script specifically written for it. Right. So, you but know, and, and then I think competition, plan. you know, <laughs> competition already... shows are their own individual, even though right. they say that, oh, that's like Survivor, um, Naked and Afraid, um, which is just got awful. Uh uh, is is another one that you know they considered but it, to me it's like well that's a competition show but it's that was not a reality right that was another one i did read about where the contestants said after the fact that cameraman and the production team would give them things right. give them food and stuff like that apparently one woman got sick got food poisoning from a dish that a production the production team gave her but in the final edit it uh claimed that it was from bad water Some berry or something yeah yeah and it was just like so why not? I mean, it's like, but that's not realistic. Don't give him anything. What was the one? He was the guy, the adventurer. Ah, uh, fuck me. Bear Grylls. Oh, yeah. The yeah. whole thing on Bear Grylls was he's going to these ridiculous remote places and living off the fucking land and surviving. Turns out, like, he wasn't out there surviving. And I don't know if this is true. It's just things that I've read. And you take the internet for what it is. But it, he was staying in hotels at night and then coming back out. And the production team was following. Right. I mean, he's never truly alone. The production team's following everywhere. He's got medical people there with him in case something happens. Now, the counterpart to that was, I can't remember the name of the show, but it was Les Stroud. 
was another one. It was like some survival. I think it was like called survivalist with Les Stroud. And it was literally Les Stroud would go out and he would live off the land or whatever and swamps. But he had his own camera. So he'd have to walk a mile, set up his cameras, then go back and walk toward the camera, filming himself and then do his thing. And then take down, like he was doing all of his own setup and takedown. And again, assuming that's really what happened, but it's like, Bear Grylls wasn't true reality TV in terms of getting dropped into this isolated shitty location and having to survive. Like he's trying to teach you how to survive. I don't ever intend to be dropped out of a helicopter into the middle of the fucking Sahara desert. That's not my goal. Okay. Fair enough. But I mean, if that's the case, I'm going to watch Castaway with Tom Hanks. And if I, my fucking plane ever goes down in the ocean, I'm going to, that's how I survive right there. He did it for four years. (laughs) I don't know. It's it just, I guess the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, reality TV isn't really reality TV in terms of my approach. No, it's it. not. Like I said, you know, I think if you're, if you really want to boil down what reality TV would be by the true definition of reality, I mean, it would be the news, right? It would be something like a cops, you know, that would be reality because that's what everybody lives. It's not these, you know, kind of made up shows. And look, I, like I said, they're, they're fun to watch. I, I don't judge anybody or blame anybody for watching them. We watch them ourselves sometimes, um, but they're not reality. No. And you did mention, uh, I, I want to look this up real quick. Hold on. Yeah. I mentioned a lot of things. So you're probably going to have to be way more specific than that. They did one. It was because you mentioned back at the beginning, you were like, if somebody really wanted to make a true reality TV show, you just, you mount cameras, get rid of all the production staff, mount cameras in a home, and then right. let people go on the internet, right? Big Brother tried that. I thought it, they maybe had tried something similar to that. Yeah, I can't remember what it was like, a Big Brother 24-7 or something like, and it was literally a live feed that you could watch any time of the day, just go online, and it was just cameras in the house. And it, and it But was it wasn't, to, it wasn't, I mean, that was kind of more of just like a side part of, that season right you know right. they still had the edited tv show going yes. on but yes. you could go online and oh let me go see what you know let me go watch this person sleep which is you know incredibly creepy and that's um, but i think that's the americanized way we do things because you've watched love island uk it's love island uk there are 50 episodes or whatever and then it's done when i got to love island usa they filmed the, the normal episode that we watch edited on TV. And this airs on CBS. So, of course, it is considerably mm-hmm. muted from what Love Island UK. In Love Island UK, there's nudity, there's sex, there's foul language. CBS dumped $30 million into it. Here, there's none of that. The, va- the production value is massive. But the 45-minute show is just the standard show. But then what they do is they go, oh, but there's Love Island laid bare and there's Love Island unscripted. Like there's all these right. different shows that you could go on and watch, which were basically the behind the scenes version of it that you didn't get to see during the normal edited nightly version. And, and guess what? What? As you watch those, you get interrupted with TV ads. Of course. So, Not that I, yeah. I didn't actually watch them, but it was like, it was interesting that that's, it's interesting <laughs> that that's the way they, do. Oh, did I say I didn't watch it? That meant I watched it. I totally yeah. watched that. Um, it was interesting that they did it that way because it was another way to tie people in instead right. of just doing it on the show. They're like, oh, we're going to give you this other show that you can now go watch. So I guess it helps up their viewership in terms of letting people go watch other other portions of what's going on. So, yeah, I mean, and, you know, I think 
because we haven't said it yet, you hit the nail on the head. Um, I think part of the, at least for me, the interesting thing with watching Love Island UK is like you said, right? It's, it's completely different television than what you see in the U S because of what, you know, what they're allowed to show and what they're allowed to say. Um, So it's kind of interesting from that standpoint to see something in a different, you know, different culture. So there's, there's that kind of appeal to it uh, for me as well. Like I said, I don't think you and I've, and you and I've talked about this. I don't think I would enjoy Love Island US uh, anywhere near like, because again, I haven't watched The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, any of those shows. So I don't think I would enjoy the Love Island US because <clears throat> it's people just like, you know, well, some people just like you and me, because again, they're all chiseled and yes, have yes. nothing else going on in their life. But, you know, you pick up the different lingo and stuff from like the UK and the... Uh, I've learned the a whole other universe. language. Right, exactly. You know, how many countries are in this country? <laughs> so I, I think there's some of that is the appeal to watching that show as well. For me, at least. And I know, I mean, there there may be people out there that watch it and they literally are just like plowing through popcorn and drinking soda going, this is totally real. I mean, uh, maybe those people I, I, No, and I somewhere. think there are some people like that, right? Yeah. Um, but I also think there's people that, you know, do make it kind of an event, right? You know, you and I have talked about doing that, like having the, the watch party for season seven, you know? Right. So, I mean, you know, from that standpoint, if it brings people together, then, it, you know, it can't be a bad thing, I guess. True. Unless you start believing, you know, but it's like anything, right? If you start believing that that's real, just like with movies, you know, if you start believing that, oh, that can really happen, then you've got a delusional sense of reality to begin with, probably. Yeah. And that's, I think, part of my problem with the competition approach is that whole voting thing seems so fucking scammy because it's like, hey, get this app and vote, and your votes will be revealed Sunday night. And then you get to Sunday night and the person that, that wins, you're like, there's no fucking way. Like, so right. is it's like, yeah, you're plugging your votes into an app and I get it. And there's no charge for the app or whatever, but it's like, because as you said, production is, is trying to nudge things one way or the other. Are they going, well, who should we leave on the show to create the most drama, to continue that viewership? If this person right. gets voted off, that's going to potentially hurt us. So, Hey, let's look at these votes. They didn't come out the way we wanted, so let's just alter it. Who's going to know? Yeah. No one. Nobody. Well, I mean, it'll eventually come out. It, it probably has in other, in other shows. You've had people come out after the fact and say, well, you know, it really wasn't the way things happened. Right. Um, but that brings up another great point of, you know, again, it not being, you know, reality. Um, there's been several seasons, again, of the Love Island, and I'm sure this happens in other uh, TV shows, where you can tell th- there's a specific you know, a specific contestant that everybody really likes. And for whatever reason, they just can't get along with somebody or they can't find love. And they basically start just churning people through, you know, okay, oh. this person is, we're, we're specifically bringing them in for you. Right. Nope. That didn't work out. All right. We're bringing in. Somebody it's like, they're going out and saying, okay. And, and I think, you know, Mrs. Mack has even said that there've been people after the fact that said, look, I was specifically brought in and told go after this person because we want you to go after them to cause some drama. Right. You know, they're already in a couple go after them. And, and, and in one case, I think she said, and I don't remember who it was. They actually ended up liking somebody else. So the producers got really pissed and they ended up getting voted off. Right. So you wonder again, you know, how much of that is, is kind of staged behind the, behind the, scene. the scenes. Yeah. I imagine a good portion of it in terms of some of the things that right. I've seen, you know, the other interesting part, 
that you and I talked about earlier in the week, and I would be remiss if we didn't bring it up, is we're taking these people, we're assuming unknown to each other, we're cramming them in a house, uh, we're hoping they get along, naturally, naturally, just naturally drama will be created, because all personalities will not jive. And then right. as you said, producers are, are tweaking here and there and nudging here and there to boost drama. And due to that fact, at least on Love Island UK, a few of the contestants is, have actually committed suicide post show. Um, season but two. I guess. Go ahead. Sorry. I, oh, I was going to say se- season two and then the follow up season three both had contestants that after the fact went on to commit suicide. Now, not necessarily in connection with the show, may have had their own issues. So we're not, we're not saying any of that, but it actually led the producers of the show to put protocols in place in terms of therapy for the contestants to help manage those situations because of course in a lot of ways when they're on these shows some of the as you've seen some of the contests that they get are involved in are hearing twitter tweet tweets or headlines about them or about things on the show and you know obviously that helps to cause drama and cause strife and separation within the house and create an issue but that drives viewership but ultimately that does affect because these are all young impressionable people they're not yes. in their 40s there are, some of these kids are 18, 19 years 18, old. Yeah. I mean, I think 29 is like the oldest I've seen of anybody that's been on the, at least, you know, again, this particular show we're talking about. Well, the Hulk was 32. Okay. Yeah. I apologize. yeah but again, like that's the outside. Yeah. That's the extreme of the upper age. Most of these are between like 18 and probably 24. 25. Yeah. 24, yeah. 25. And so mentally it just beats them down. And obviously that causes issues. So again, the production company comes in and they go, we need to put some shit in place so this doesn't it's happen. bad press for us. Yeah. Right. Now they will say, I'm sure somebody out there goes, well, negative press is still press. It's your name is out there. Right. But not necessarily the press you want associated. And I feel for those families that have had to deal with that shit. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, I'm glad that they are putting things in place, obviously, to help these contestants. Because I think when it started, like you said, it's like, oh, well, let's just try it and see what happens. And nobody thought, well, we should have certain protocols in place to protect people because nobody right. had experienced that yet. But it can't be hard having, even if it's edited, having everything you do thrown up on the big screen for scrutiny, because ultimately that's what it can't be be hard or it can be hard. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's got to be hard. Thank you. Okay. I was going to say, I I think I said can't. You did. And that's why I just wanted to make sure. Okay. Yeah. Cause you're right. I mean, it can't be easy. And in today's society, which everybody go back to season one and listen to our internet and social media podcast. With social media, these people just get beaten down, you know, and, and we talked about it again before. They're, they're like, look, that's not the person that I am. Right. Um, up until the point where I, I know of several of them have like completely dropped their social media accounts because it was just not good for their mental okay. health because they were getting beat up so much by people that they didn't know. And maybe it's a different class of people that watch a show like that versus uh, Top Chef. Oh, your cake didn't come out. You're a piece of shit, worthless loser. You know, I don't think that's happening. You know, oh, I don't think people are hammering that's on. Like all I do on Instagram is. Oh, know, is it? When you watch gan- those shows? Your ganache was too runny. Was it? Fucking loser. Okay. So. Um, yeah, I just, uh, because they're there for like that one episode, maybe a few hours. What's the one? It's like four chefs and they compete in each one. I think it's maybe it's top chef. It might be top chef. And one gets dropped after the appetizer and then one gets dropped after the main course. And then the last two compete after dessert, whatever it is like, but they're only there for a few hours. It's like they're filming like 
in the morning, you're going to cook the appetizer. The afternoon, you're going to do dinner. And then for the evening, we're going to do dessert. So it's one day you're done. It's not like you're living there six weeks cooking meals. So there's not a lot of time for people to watch and scrutinize everything you're doing. But these, these shows like that, it's like, they just get fucking hammered on sometimes. And, and I imagine like when the real world started, obviously it was interesting watching season one of the real world, um, watching people, they're picking up a phone, corded phone to dial and call friends. There were no cell what? phones. What's a yeah. corded phone? I know it's crazy. Um, but it's like, and, and there's, there's a whole thing about a pager in season one. If you haven't right. watched it, I don't want to give it away, but it's like pagers were all the rage at the time. And so, you know, nobody had cell phones. Nobody had access to, to social media because it didn't exist. So, you know, you couldn't get hammered the way you can today. And, and I know, again, back to, you know, the one that we're specifically watching, another thing that they've put in place, at least in the UK version, is they're limited to two drinks a day. Right. Um, you know, so they're not just sitting in there, you know, lounging by the pool, getting hammered. Right. I mean, they limit them because they know, right. I mean, if, if you put people in that situation, it's not going to end well, probably. So, yeah, they're limited to two drinks a day. Um, and then, of course, everything else is water or whatever they want to have. But um, so that, you know, they are putting protocols in place. It seems to try and, and make things a little bit better and not go too far over the deep end with, with things. Um, one thing we didn't touch on, though, and I don't know that we want to go too far into this, was a whole nother kind of almost genre of reality TV. And that would be, I want to say, early to mid 90s daytime talk shows. Oh, Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer. You know exactly what I'm talking about. But there were yeah. a whole host of them. Oh, yeah. the Jerry Springer's, Ricky Lake, you know, Montel. Yep. Um, even Oprah kind of started Who's the off guy that got bit. hit in the face with the chair by the, the KKK guy, his Geraldo Rivera, Geraldo Rivera. Yep. That was kind of, um, good. And I only bring this up because I was just watching a kind of a docuseries about, you know, and they were talking about some of these, that was kind of the one that kicked off everything for that kind of format. Because originally when they brought Jerry Springer in to start his show it was way more i guess at the time you know and i didn't really watch it phil donahue was kind of the gold standard you know of, of daytime talk shows right you know it was it was kind of more laid back and a little more subdued sally jesse um, Raphael. yeah but you know when they first brought in jerry springer his show was they, they basically said we want you to be the phil donahue light you know he did not have <clears throat> the crazy you know, shit show stuff that, that went on later on in his show until, you know, they got to the point where they were going to cancel his show because it just wasn't working. And shortly after that, um, that Geraldo Rivero episode where it, they had had the, uh, the neo-Nazi skinheads on with some of the uh, African-American people and they got into a fight and started throwing chairs okay. and, and the people over at uh, Jerry's first we hmm, found a new that format looks, that looks like it might be right in your wheelhouse and god damn it if he didn't make a career out of it i mean you know he had the security guard uh steve steve wilcox who that's in, then parlayed that into his own talk show i can't believe you know his last name that's fucking hilarious yeah you I were know, a big right? fan weren't you i was yeah um so yeah i mean that that was a whole nother kind of sub and again though you look back at it and you go well how much of that was reality i mean how much did they say you know hey look you know 
I'm going to pay you, you know, a hundred thousand dollars. If you come on and say you married a horse and had sex with it. Right. And, and then throw a chair at somebody. Right. I mean, I, I have no doubt. Look, there are, well, I want to say there's not that many crazy people in the world that you could fill up that many seasons. Right. But, but maybe there are, <laughs> which, exactly. which scares me. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a whole nother kind of genre of, of what you would kind of maybe consider re- reality TV at the time. Right. And uh, just there, there's no real, and, and the same can kind of be said about, you know, Love Island, The Bachelor. There, there's no real value or substance to these shows, right? They're, they're there for us. Honestly, you know, and, and certainly in the case of like a Jerry Springer or any of those shows, they're there to make you feel better about yourself going, you know, shit, you know, my life isn't that damn bad. Exactly. I mean, I guess watching for me, watching reality shows and going, that's legit is on par. And I don't, please don't get offended. Cause I know this is, you're a huge fan would be like watching wrestling and, and thinking those storylines are legit. I think I've just lost him. Ladies and gentlemen, he's giving me this what? fucking go, go fuck yourself and die. Look, oh, hold on. Wait Did I, you, Santa's not you, real. And, and WWE is scripted. I'm sorry. No, I, didn't, I, I don't believe you. Let me break the news to you, brother. Look, yeah. I've been to a WCW. Yeah, so I'm dating myself a little bit there. I've been to a WCW event before. And quality. I'd be hard pressed for you. To, hey, at the time, you know, Ted Turner was involved. It was quality. Right. Um, to try and tell some of those people that that shit's scripted. That's what I'm saying. Because they were into it. But it no, is. you're right. I mean, again, that that's another one. It's like, it, it's not really... It's not really reality. Look, no. again, and you know, you and I've had this discussion. I am not going to take a knock on any of the stuff that they do because it is without a doubt very physical. Right. Right. You know, and you have to be in good shape to do a lot of the stuff that they do, but it is not real. And, and they'll, you know, I mean, it's kind of the point where they'll even tell you, right? I mean, it's not, it's not real. It's all scripted. It's all staged. It's all choreographed. But when you fall from a ladder 27 feet up in the air, choreographed or not, it's just going to take its toll on your body after a while. Exactly. So from that standpoint, you know, and I don't want to go too far because it's not anything to do, but you know, that, that's another one that is absolutely scripted. You know, storylines are created. It's, and, and they eventually, I think, even changed the name, like you said, to WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment. Right. Because they knew, right? It, it's, it's straight up entertainment. It's not anything other than that. And, and so it's weird. We get this weird bleed over in terms of, you know, reality TV. You've said the word a few times now. It's not, it's unscripted TV. Um, what's real, what's not. It's like they give you enough of what's real and yet still manipulate the situation so that they, they have control over it, you know, but, but still giving you enough to go, well, it's, it's rooted in reality. And therefore we can call it reality TV, but it's not, it's at least to right. me. And I know other people out there are going to listen to this, go, you're fucking full of shit. You're an idiot. It's totally real. And so is WWE. And I'm never listening to your podcast again. And, and look well within your rights. If you want to, I'm just telling you from my perspective, I think reality TV is a very specific approach to TV. You take ordinary people, you put them in situations which would be considered ordinary, like a cops, like a deadliest catch, things of that nature. Like, Certain things are just not realistic. Like you said, sticking someone in a multi-million dollar villa and letting them eat, drink, and suntan all day, every day for six weeks. Whose reality is that? No one. Yeah, uh, yes, please. 
right? Um, right? You know, you, you have people lining up the, out the door to sign up for things like that. But then let's take the other aspect we haven't even covered. Oh, shit. Reality TV, competition TV, whatever you want to call it, is the belief in the format. I'm sorry. We're going to stick you and nine other strangers on an island for six weeks, and you're going to find love. Bachelorette, we're going to stick you all together for a month, and you're going to find your Prince Charming. 90-day fiance, we're going to stick you together for three months, and you're going to find your man or woman. I mean, come on. I, I, like that format, like you, you're not going to get fucking slammed together and then be like, I'm in love with this person forever and Look. always. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand that format. It's like, I, I think, you know, and, and we've, you know, we've done the, you know, kind of some of the research because, you know, we're losers, you know, after the fact for, you know, Love Island UK on some of the seasons that we've watched. And I think there are two couples that I can recall um, that are still together after everything was said and done and have gone the distance. One of them actually, they, they had a child together and they're still together. And the other was the bromance of Chris and Kim. Which is so never going you, to die. Can you really call that a, a, uh, yeah. a relationship? You know, you, you see a lot more of that, right? Coming out of, you know, at least that show of, you know, look, we're, we're friends. We're great friends. And we still hang out and we do things together. The unfortunate thing about The Bachelor, and I will say this because it, it hurts my heart. Oh, I don't want it to hurt your heart. I know. But Would you like me to caress it? As a, as a lifetime fan of the Florida Gators. Oh, I thought hurt. you were going to say a fan of Lifetime TV. No, <laughs> it, it does hurt my heart to know that one of our own, Jesse James Palmer, was he on was The Bachelor. He was on The Bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that, yeah. And it, it's, it's painful to say it, but you know sometimes we make bad choices in life. Jesse, nobody's, nobody blames you. You did what you had to do at the time. But yeah, so I mean. Look, there's, there's a chance that, you know. Some of those guys, Aaron Hernandez, may have been on cops. So you know well, what? We true. don't we don't judge. Not judging. Ooh, that that was a bad joke. Sorry. That that was. Um, <clears throat> that's like and Tim Tebow will have his own Sunday syndicated show. Yeah, you know, he those will. those church shows. Yeah, exactly. What are they? That that's more likely to happen than him ever playing football again. So again, one of actually televangelist a televangelist a, a, a well known one that actually went to Big Mac Jimmy alma Baker, mater. Big Mac's alma mater. Uh, Creflo Dollar, West Georgia. Uh, the State was, University of West Georgia now, I think. Very, now, now, but yes, Creflo Dollar out of Atlanta was, uh, he's a televangelist and he was an alum of, if I'm not mistaken, West Georgia. I believe you are correct, yes. yes. And so obviously those are, you know, just some of the issues in terms of reality TV that we've touched on. One of the other ones we didn't touch on was celebrity reality TV, The Surreal Life on VH1, when VH1 was a thing before MTV swallowed them up. Celebrity um, wife swap. Okay, there you go. Well, was he like yeah, wife? That's swap. not my. That's not my reality. Yeah. <laughs> no. Wife swap was another one that I think was to me was reality TV. You were taking two couples and you were plucking them out of their specific environments and sticking them and going, let's see how you react. And then, uh, now I think the producers were purposely picking wacky ass and couples right and, and wacky purpose. people. Yeah. To you know, they picked you know the you know tattoo artist from Las Vegas to go swap with the Christian Mormon family. husband <laughs> right. out in, you know, Utah. Right. I mean, right. They, they were again, trying to, it, it's still somewhat reality, 
but they're specifically putting people in situations to create drama. Right. They're taking a woman who's probably tattooed from head to toe, wears short shorts, boots, and a tank top, sticking them in a house where everybody's in fucking button up shit. And then Jehovah's the wife, Witnesses, right? Yeah. The, the wife wears a dress from her neck to her fucking feet, and she's walking into a house, and it's like, what? Talk about I, culture shock. I actually think that was an episode. So it I'm probably to question was. whether you weren't watching or not, buddy. Did I say I wasn't watching it? I didn't watch it. Now you know I've watched it. <laughs> um, yeah, but there are so many things that we could cover in terms of reality TV. But I think, obviously, over the last what is now 30 years, in terms of again, cops being the longest running reality TV show is we've blurred the lines as we do with most things yeah. as a population. We blurred the lines about what reality TV is. I'm sorry, but keeping up with the Kardashians, that's the, to me, that's not reality. Cause as you said, we identify with what we know and that's not my reality. That's never well, going to be my reality. It's not, it, it, it's scripted to make things look a certain way. Right. They, you know, they have a brand and they're not going to do anything that, and they're not going to let anything be televised. It's going to tarnish that brand. Right. Right. And they shouldn't. Right. Otherwise, you'd be an idiot. And so, they've yeah. grown it into a massive brand, the yeah. family as a whole. So I think it's definitely an interesting topic. I do appreciate you coming on. There wasn't much debate. And I don't think we approached this thinking it was going to be a, be a debate as much as it, you and I debating what was or was not reality TV as opposed to debating. Really- got to that <laughs> you know okay well what do you think reality tv is then? i mean again i think i think if you want to really boil it down to the true definition of reality tv it's and then we talked to it's the news it, right. it you know again you can go into a shy, a show like cops maybe that that's kind of it, but even then i think maybe you know early seasons yes definitely reality tv probably as they went along you know they they were picking specific things obviously they weren't making you know they I don't. I assume they weren't hiring people to go get arrested. Or, no, but or I act imagine out certain scenarios. But I imagine in a in a full day's work in terms of shooting, they were probably like, okay, that call's boring. That call's right. boring. That call, you know, and only editing the calls. Yeah, and I mean, how see. much? Yeah, how much film do you have to go through to get right? You know, a thirty minute or an hour long episode. And and of, how much uh, did you have to cut out that were just oh, it's a routine traffic stop yet again. Right. Brother, thank you for being here. I have enjoyed this. I know it, again, there's it's always something missing when we're all not here, but it doesn't diminish it in any way because obviously you bring something to the table. We all do. And so I do appreciate you being here. Thank you for your take. Even if we didn't answer any questions, we at least we discussed we it with on the topic them amongst ourselves, right? And yeah. we tried to come to an understanding between the two of us. And, and maybe somebody will, will chime in, shoot us an email, tell us, you know. Hey, this is what I think reality TV is, yes. or, or, or you know, why I don't think this is reality TV. We'd love to hear from you. Yes. And on that note, just go to spiriteddebates at gmail.com. Take Max advice, drop us a line, let us know what you think, give us your opinion, give us your insight, give us a drink to try. We love drinking and we'll be willing to try it. Mac, especially, especially if it's a wacky fucking drink. He loves wacky drinks. Uh, obviously, you I can might check have out another orgasm. You should, uh, should I wait for it? You threw oh. off my groove. Oh, that, that was kind of nice. Um, and so we move along. Uh, a spiriteddebate.com. You, you know, can go there. You can check out all the drinks that we have on the show. You can check out all of our podcast episodes there in the vault. Uh, feel free to check out our YouTube channel at a spirited debate. YouTube channel's up. We'll be posting new content on the reg. Did I just say that? Yes, sir, I did. <laughs> I was just going to let it go. <laughs> yeah, let that go. But, uh, you know, thank you for coming in. You know, joining us today, all of you mass debaters, love having you on. 
and looking forward to the next one. Please check us out at anywhere you get your, your podcast. Please check out season one. And now we are well and good into season two, episode seven. Looking forward to plowing along and seeing what other wacky shit we come up with. So Mac, uh, to you and all the listeners, I bid you adieu and have a good day. Oh, thank you, Thor. It was great. And as always, we close out the show. Salud. Bye. Bye. Cheers. Cheers.